Welcome to Disability Matters with your host, Joyce Bender. All comments, views, and opinions expressed on the show are solely those of the host, guest, and callers. Now the host of Disability Matters, here's Joyce Bender. Hey, everyone. I hope you're having a great day. And a special shout-out to Yoshiko Dart. Yoshiko, we're with you, Yoshiko. And, of course, to all of my listeners in the United States and around the world. Especially, here it goes, Ireland. I always say, what's happening in Ireland? Ireland has such a big group of listeners. But every country that listens to this show, thank you. I don't care if it's one person. Thank you and everyone. Spread the news. Spread the news about quality of life for people living with disabilities. So I'm the CEO of Bender Consulting Services and co-founder of iDisability, and I am a woman living with epilepsy. And I tell you that at the beginning of the show because that is what it's all about, ending stigma. And Someone that has helped me so much do that is our lead sponsor of this radio show, Highmark. Highmark, I always say to the CEO, David Holmberg, Highmark sets the Highmark for other companies to follow. Stood behind me from the beginning when I founded Vendor Consulting Services and has been with me ever since. And also to another sponsor we have, AudioI, such a great software product for web accessibility. Well, I've got to tell you, I have also known our guest today for a long time, and I like him, and I think so highly of him, but I will tell you, he's known nationally. Everyone knows who Lou Orsline is, the Associate Director at the Job Accommodation Network, better known as Jan. Lou, thank you for joining us today. Well, thanks very much, uh, Joyce. I appreciate the opportunity to really talk with you and have a conversation. So, appreciate that, and thanks for that intro. Well, Lou, I thought would be what would be really good is if we could begin by you telling our listeners around the world how you first became involved in the disability community. Sure, sure. Well, you know, like many of the people in the field, I, I was affected by disability pretty early on. Um, my father was uh, blinded in a coal mining accident when I was fine, uh, five years old. I had uh, four other siblings, um, and um, with the support of a great family, community, and rehabilitation counselor, uh, Mr. Manning, who was very involved with my dad's rehabilitation. Uh, my dad really... Uh, uh, Actually, my dad and my mother really persevered and really thrived um, later in life. Um, my father went on to uh, to go to college, um, and uh, it was a dream that he had wanted his whole life, but his family couldn't afford that early on. So he really looked at his blindness as an opportunity. Had a, he went to a great college that provided accommodations, um, and then retired, had a successful career, and retired from an executive position in, in D.C., so, so this experience really gave me, you know, great insight into overcoming adversity and really finding opportunities after acquiring a disability. But then I've also seen the flip side of it. I have a sister with uh, epilepsy that's not controlled very well with medications, um, and I've seen that the side of discrimination and um, her really not living out um, the fully independent life that I believe she always could because of the, the, the barriers really to employment for some people with disabilities. So... Um, so I kind of, I've seen, I've seen both sides of it, and, you know, I think with a good support system and if we overcome those negative attitudes and stereotypes, then people can really uh, realize the dream of, uh, of employment and independence. And, and I think that that's what, I know that's what you're all about, Joyce, and that's certainly what I'm all about and, and uh, what Jan is all about. And you know what? Thank you, Lou. I meet so many people that have had something happen to them in their life, and that is what has just impacted them so much in a positive way when it comes to disability. So I'm not not surprised to hear you uh, talk about that. So job accommodation, Jan, 
seems like I've known Jan since I, and probably have, since I first started in this industry. Um, but when, when did Jan come to be? Well, amazingly enough, uh, we've really been impacting the, the field of disability employment since 1983. Um, that's when the President's Committee on the Employment of People with Disabilities funded a demonstration project at West Virginia University. And at first, we were just to collect and then share um, successful accommodation solutions. Uh, at the time, uh, West Virginia University had one of the, the, uh, the major um, computer systems in the country, and that was the attraction of the President's Committee. That and they had a strong rehabilitation program here. So uh, that that uh, computer system enabled um, us to begin gathering uh, good research on accommodations and talking to employers about whether those solutions were working and uh, and uh, what was working really for people with disabilities. So um, the the. the you know, the need has just really grown, frankly, for timely accommodation information. And again, it's, um, it's all about increasing the employment of people with disabilities. I myself joined in uh, 1998 as a consultant on the cognitive mental health team. Um, and I've been uh, with Jan for about 21 years now. Wow. You know, I always wondered why uh, Jan is housed at uh, West Virginia University. So now I know it's because they had one of the, which is amazing that it was they that had one of the right. largest computer systems. I mean, that is really something. It is, isn't it? Yeah. So funny you would mention the President's Committee. I, too, I was on the President's Committee on the Employment of People with Disabilities back in 19... 19- Maybe 96. Uh, and Tony Quello, who, uh-huh. as most people know, is my mentor and like a brother to me. As a matter of fact, I was just with him a few days ago, uh, was the chair of the President's Committee on Employment of People with Disabilities. And I do remember them talking about uh, Jan. So it, it's amazing when when this all started and that comes out of the President's Committee. That's really a great story. And, of course, the President's Committee, after President Clinton, went on to become the Office of Disability Employment Policy. Uh, but that's right. but that's, that is really, really a great story. Well, at the beginning, I mean the first few years you were in existence, what were your main programs at that time? So, so really, the, the core service of GN has really been always to provide that expert guidance on workplace accommodations. Uh, initially, this guidance was telephonically or through TTY. Employers would contact Jan, pose a question about accommodation, and then we would research and find an effective solution, um, where that could be a technology or a strategy, um, in order to uh, really support the company in retaining or advancing the, the individual with a disability. Um, as, as Jan service and databases really developed, then we began providing services not only to employers but to individuals themselves. Um, that could be individuals looking for work or that could be uh, employees. Um, and then also advocates, rehab professionals, unions, and many others. So we sort of broadened the ba- our customer base considerably. Then, then after the passage of the ADA in 92, Jan really grew considerably and, and developed a, a strong online presence. So today, um, as you said, we're contract funded by the Office of Disability Employment Policy at the, uh, the United States Department of Labor providing um, more than 48,000 consultations now, and we do more than 120 trainings per year, and our website tools uh, receive over uh, uh, 20 million uh, page views per year. So customers access our services through phone, online chat, email, Skype, through our virtual office in Second Life. So we certainly have broadened out the ways that you can communicate with us. And, uh, and today, uh, just as before, we coach and train customers about the accommodation process uh, throughout the employee life cycle. So we, so we coach uh, employer representatives uh, through um, the hiring, retaining, and advancing processes. Well, you know, when you first started, Jam, when it first started, was it mainly people 
calling about like physical accommodations? Would that be the main thing they were calling about? You know, they're building, uh, meeting ADA requirements. Absolutely, absolutely. That's that's what we saw in, uh, initially. I mean, a lot of uh, motor and back injuries uh, and and physical accessibility. Um, but you, that certainly has broadened out uh, these days. Uh, we're seeing more and more uh, mental health conditions and more and more what we call non-apparent disabilities um, that of like learning disability and um, uh, people who are autistic and and uh, you know more of the cognitive um, type of um, disabilities, chronic health conditions, and impairments. Okay, well, I want to talk about that a little bit more, but if you just joined us before we go to break, we are talking to Lou Orsline, the Associate Director of the Job Accommodation Network, and we will be right back to talk to Lou more. Don't go away. This is Joyce Bender, Disability Matters at VoiceAmerica.com. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. Since 1985, Bender Consulting Services has served as a national leader in advancing employment of people with disabilities, including veterans with disabilities, with private sector companies, and federal government agencies. Bender assists customers with achieving their diversity and workforce inclusion initiatives by tapping into a talent pool of individuals seeking professional positions, including those in the STEM fields. In addition, Bender services include disability employment consulting, training and technology accessibility through their high test line of service. For more information, please visit www.benderconsult.com. Get the news on our shows and other happenings by following us on Twitter. Find us at VoiceAmericaTRN or Twitter.com forward slash VoiceAmericaTRN. You're listening to Disability Matters. If you have a question or comment, call in toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Now please welcome back the host of Disability Matters. Here's Joyce Bender. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the show. If you just joined us, we're talking to Lou Orsling, the Associate Director of the Job Accommodation Network and a well-known national disability rights leader. Um, I wanted to ask you a question, Lou. When I go speak at companies, and as you know, the main uh, heart and soul bender is finding employment for people with disabilities. And so I go speak and I'll say to everyone in the room, all right, tell me why you think companies do not want to hire people with disabilities because, you know, 70% of people with disabilities not being counted in the workforce, double the unemployment rate. I want to know why. Why do you think that is? And I will tell you, almost every time someone raises their hand and says, the accommodations, the, the cost of the accommodations, that would be so much. And that's when I have to tell them about Jan. So could you talk about that, Lou, about the cost of accommodations? Sure. And, you know, there's, there's so many of these accommodating myths that still um, persist, and that, that tends to be the, the, the largest one that we hear of, too. And, it's, and that is really the, you know, accommodations as a budget breaker is really just that. It is a, it is a myth. Um, we regularly go back to our employer customers, and we ask them what the cost of the accommodation uh, was, that the accommodation that they made. And employers report that 58% of accommodations are made at no cost whatsoever. And then when there is an accommodation, the median cost is always less than $500. So a little workplace flexibility in order to keep an employee productive um, also, you know, has great benefits. Um, We, again, we do this survey with our employer customers, 
and we ask them whether accommodations are effective or not, because secondarily, that's what we will hear back. That's another myth that the accommodations really aren't that effective in keeping people productive. And 75% of the employers that respond to our survey report that accommodations are either very effective or extremely effective. So again, many of these myths that exist are, are really, are, are just not correct. Um, in addition to asking about the cost of accommodation and effectiveness, uh, employers also report to us many direct and indirect benefits of accommodation. And those include uh, increased employee productivity, the elimination of replacement and training costs associated with new employees, increased safety, et cetera. So, um, so you, just like us, uh, Joyce, um, spend a lot of time debunking these myths, and, and really people need to realize um, that uh, they are indeed myths. Uh, and, you know, people talk about the cost of accommodation all the time, but I, I even think the most important statistic in this survey and in the research that we do is that 58, I mean, it fluctuates 58 to 59% um, of accommodations uh, really are provided at no cost whatsoever. And in, in my mind, that's the big number right there. So you have a, a, a person with a mental health condition um, and they need a little flexibility in their scheduling, perhaps they're undergoing a medication change, um, you know, there really is, there's very little cost to the company um, in making that, uh, making that person's schedule just a little bit more flexible for them so that they can remain, they can be that loyal and, and um, productive employee. You know, I'm glad you brought that up uh, because I have many companies that call me and talk about how do we accommodate someone with uh, PTSD or someone with a mental health disability? What, what is it you frequently tell them? Well, you, you first of all, I think it's important for, um, uh, for companies to have some background and some disability etiquette. Um, I think there's a, a number of uh, techniques, first of all, that people need to be aware of um, with people with a mental health condition. And that person needs to be really included in making decisions about what kind of accommodations are necessary. One of the uh, one, I think one of the most effective strategies that, that we talk about, and this is, this is with epilepsy as well and some of the other um, uh, non-apparent disabilities, is developing a, um, what we call a plan of action. So many people do not need a, an accommodation per se. Um, what they need is for the uh, coworkers and for the supervisor to be sensitive to what may happen um, if their chronic health condition impairment or disability flares up. Um, so that plan of putting a plan of action in place and everybody on an as-need-to-know basis knows exactly what to do if someone has a seizure or, say, for instance, if somebody becomes very stressed out during a meeting at work um, and instead of perhaps um, being unprofessional in their behavior, that instead in their plan of action they are given permission as an accommodation to simply get up and leave or perhaps get up and leave and call their counselor. So I think having a good plan of action when that person begins work or, or, or starts to or discloses and requests an accommodation and starts to manifest uh, the chronic health, health condition or disability, I think that plan of action can be very effective um, for both the employer and the individual. Yeah, I think that's great advice. Before I go any further, uh, Lou, how does someone contact uh, the Job Accommodation Network? Sure, you can call us um, telephonically through 800-526-7234. Um, you can also email us um, uh, at uh, the Job Accommodation Network. Um, you can um, use askjan.org. Uh, you can go onto our website, and there's a chat tab, and you can hit the chat tab. That's become very popular these days, particularly with human resource and employee relations um, uh, staff. 
Um, you can Skype us. You can Twitter. You can, we use Twitter. We have a, a, an office in Second Life as well. Um, so there's numerous ways to, to get a hold of us. But I would say um, if you're looking and trying to decide how to get a hold of us, go to askjan.org, go to our website, and, and there you'll see all of the ways that we can con- you can contact us. I just kind of, kind of have a, one interesting aside, little story about that is we have an office in Second Life. Uh, we have an avatar and of course that you know it's it's all of our calls are are confidential and anonymous but um the first person who came into our second life office was somebody who had a very strong body odor and it was caused by um a medical condition i mean they were never ever comfortable even talking over the phone with anybody about this medical condition and it had caused problems at work for them. And by the anonymity of coming into our Second Life office and talking to our avatar and their avatar talking to ours, um, they became comfortable and we've really been able to engage in that accommodation um, process with them. So, uh, you know, we try to make it as easy um, as possible for people to contact us and for us to help help them work through the accommodation issues. Okay. And you know what? Explain to everyone what is the Second Life uh, division that we're talking about? It's a virtual reality um, tool. Um, it's an island, um, a, uh, an island that you can go in cyberspace, um, and you can. Uh, there's a link to it, and you can go there, and we have an office. All of our publications are there, and we also have, as I said, an avatar or um, um, a, uh, a consultant, um, and that consultant then can do a, um, a more anonymous, let's say, consultation with you, with your avatar, um, and work through any issues that you might have. Um, anonymity is always is a big issue, particularly with people with disabilities um, who may have faced discrimination and stigma in the past. Um, so, if they're confident that um, that it, that a true that the consultation is truly confidential and anonymous, which our our, our consultations can certainly be, um, then I think that they're much more um, willing to become engaged and open up. Well, I think okay. And so, is it Jan.org? Yeah, um, just go to askjan.org, and you can find all the ways to contact us. Askjan.org. Askjan.org. Oh, that is so good. Askjan.org. You got it. Yeah, yeah, that is great. Um, Well, I wanted to ask you. When when are the concerns that people have? What do they call about the most? for accommodating people correctly? Is it mental health? Is it autism? I mean, what what do you receive the most calls about? Well, interesting enough, earlier we talked about um, mobility impairments. And, you know, that still tends to be um, highest on our list, um, whether it be um, uh, cumulative trauma disorder of people's wrists, um, whether that be back injuries from lifting, that still tends to be the number one, um, the number one co- type of consultation that we do. But certainly on the rise, we see, consulta- we see uh, um, uh, the cognitive um, and the mental health conditions. Uh, those types of consultations are definitely on the rise and have been chemical, um, uh, multiple chemical sensitivity um, that is on the rise. Um, so while historically um, mobilities has been and continues to be, we are seeing other impairments um, to become issues. But if you would ask me what overall, in terms of inclusive workplaces and accommodations, I really think there are two top concerns that I hear most often from company representatives. And one is internal accommodation processes. Um, and so this is having the infrastructure necessary to provide effective accommodations. And I think the, the second issue that um, companies are really um, grappling with is digital accessibility. Um, so in terms of uh, the internal processes, you know, uh, how an employer engages, develops, recognizes, and supports job applicants and employers. Uh, We know that that's critical to creating a diverse pool of talent. Um, And we know that that this type of engagement really optimizes the productivity of every worker. But um, over the years, we've certainly discovered here that um, through our consultations uh, that 
companies' processes are really disjointed and tend to be reactive and, and sometimes uh, really inconsistent across the divisions uh, uh, lines of uh, business. Um, so it really makes it difficult to enable new employees and really engage with employees um, in terms of accommodations. So, and that's, that's really the impetus, what, what, why we designed the Workplace Accommodation Toolkit is we wanted to give businesses that infrastructure. We're just giving you wholly this adaptable, reclable, um, um, uh, um, um, tool that you can replicate in your setting, um, in your company, uh, to make it more um, more open. So we collaborated with, for instance, Deb Daggett, um, who's a consultant and former DNI lead at Merck, um, as well as larger customers, uh, the Inclusion Works uh, companies from uh, Disability In. And we produced the toolkit, and it has sample policies, processes, a suite of forms, and really guidance uh, on training. Um, um, your employees really to to embrace the best in emerging practices, and then as I said, the second issue is really digital accessibility, and that's what companies are really grappling with. So you know, all of our jobs, you know, you, you certainly know this, Joyce, that all of our jobs are really so tech, technologically laden these days, and with. Technology comes challenges with hardware and software programs talking to each other. So, you know, in the field, we talk about interoperability issues all the time. You know, an interoperability issue between the screen reader and your legacy um, uh, information system. That tends to be the, one of the largest um, problems that we hear about. And then a lot of technologies, even to, even to this day, are really not designed to be accessible for all. So you have inaccessible applicant tracking systems or in accessible learning management systems. These are, you know, these are big issues with, um, with corporations. But, but you know, the, the, the light at the end of the tunnel is really that a lot of these large corporations that are becoming more inclusive are really leaning on their vendors and their supply chains uh, to bake accessibility into the vendor's products and services. And, and this then has that promise or ripple effect, really, of smaller businesses being able to purchase these, these accessible workplace technologies. So, so um, I, I think the biggest issues that we're hearing about is companies putting these, the, 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 the right infrastructure in place for them um, to make accommodations happen, um, even after all of these decades. Um, and uh, the second issue, and this is sort of that newer issue that is confounding employers, and that's of digital accessibility. Yeah, and uh, thank you so much for going over all of that. It is amazing to me how many great things, I mean, that you can provide to employers and that some employers don't know about you because, Jan, wow, I mean, you cover so many things. Ashjan.org, I think that is a phenomenal uh, service that you provide. Uh, it, it's just across the board. It's amazing. Thank you. How many Thank disabilities? You very much. Yeah. But right now we're going to go to break. If you just joined us, we're talking to Lou Orsline, the Associate Director of the Job Accommodation Network. This is Joyce Bender, America's Voice, where disability matters at voiceamerica.com. Don't go away. We'll be right back with Lou. News. Opinion. Your voice counts. Call toll-free 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. VoiceAmerica.com. Since 1985, Bender Consulting Services has served as a national leader in advancing employment of people with disabilities, including veterans with disabilities, with private sector companies, and federal government agencies. Bender assists customers with achieving their diversity and workforce inclusion initiatives by tapping into a talent pool of individuals seeking professional positions, including those in the STEM fields. In addition, Bender services include disability employment consulting, training and technology accessibility through their high-test line of service. For more information, please visit www.benderconsult.com. 
The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. You're listening to Disability Matters. If you have a question or comment, call in toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Now please welcome back the host of Disability Matters. Here's Joyce Bender. Back, everyone. Hope you're having a great day today. If you just joined us, we've been talking to Lou Orslane, the Associate Director of the Job Accommodation Network. But hey, you know, on the half hour, we have our news break for all of you. And I want to thank you. So many people have got in touch with me to tell me how much this means to them and how they look forward to this. Um, and I do too, because I have Perry Jude Radisic, a now. National Disability Rights Leader from Disability Rights PA as our anchor person for Advocacy Matters. Perry, welcome to the show. Hey, Joyce, and, uh, you know, we enjoy it, too, because there's always so much happening around uh, disability uh, activity and especially in employment. And, again, here we are again talking about employment in the news. And we have great news in Pennsylvania the Office of Vocational Rehabilitation, we've been following that here at Advocacy Matters, finally received an additional $27 million from the Federal Rehabilitation Services Administration. Now, these funds are the year-end unspent federal dollars from other OVR programs. So at the end of the year, other OVR programs apply for that unspent money, and so Pennsylvania received an additional $27 million to add to the budget. Now, Disability Rights Pennsylvania has written to OVR and urged them to open the order of selection, which was closed not that long ago, uh, actually on July 1st, and we want them to begin serving all eligible OVR clients immediately. Now, OVR has not issued a statement as to how they're going to spend that money. Now, we've talked about Pennsylvania's OVR program on previously segments of Advocacy Matters, and we know OVR put out a notice stating they did not have enough funds to provide services to everyone who is eligible for their programs. So on July 1st, OVR did temporarily close their order of selection and created a wait list. And we know that's not good for the employment of people with disabilities, but here comes $27 million, and we hope that they open the order of selection and start serving new clients who've been waiting for services. So, Joyce, that's great news. Well, what, uh, Perry... When will we know that? Do you have any idea? That's question one. And question two, I assume then they would first have to service all the people on this waiting list. Well, um, we don't know. We are asking for some transparency along the way and, and notifying stakeholders as soon as possible. We did ask that today. Um, and how would they open the order of selection? Well, they could start certainly with uh, individuals as they prioritize the list, the individuals who have the most significant disabilities first. So they could slowly open the list and then close it again. So it's certainly up to OVR to tell us what they're going to do with the money. Well, that's great news, and uh, I know that OVR knows right here in Pennsylvania how many people with disabilities need serve, but also how companies call to hire people with disabilities. So we're with you 100% Perry and Disability Rights PA. What is your uh, website? Yes, visit us at disabilityrightspa.org. Soon you'll find uh, this segment on our website and other information uh, that may help people with disabilities related to employment as well. 
Oh, that is awesome. And I would also say that I'm very honored to say that I serve on the board and that if you're listening to the show, I hope you will make a contribution to this dynamic organization that does one thing, fights for the rights of people with disabilities. Hey, thanks, Perry, and have a great day. Yes, you too. Bye-bye. I love doing that, Lou, because we do not have any other means of telling the news. Do you know what I mean? Yes, yes. That's great to get that message out. People need Um, to know those things. Yeah, and I mean, we talk about national news, all kind of news. But, you know, one day I'm thinking about this. Wow, I need to have someone come on and give us a news story, you know, on the half hour so that people will know whether it's federal, state level, um, what's going on. And Perry is awesome. She's covered so many things. So uh, thanks again, Perry. It's always great to have you with us. So we've been talking about so many things, Lou, but at uh, Jan, are there major pillars of Jan today? Are there like major areas you focus on? Well, you know, I think more so than the areas that we focus on, um, and, and I've kind of highlighted some of those, whether it be assistive technology or digital accessibility or accommodations or Title I of the ADA, you know, I, 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 what I'd like for people to really think of as the, as the main pillar of JAN is really our responsive customer service um, that's really been informed by decades of research and evidence-based practices. JAN just has an excellent team of consultants. Um, they specialize in their areas, their mobility, sensory, cognitive, mental health, um, and we also have an ADA Title I lineup as well. So those consultants are all master's level in their education. Many of them have their PhD. Um, and the, the way that we do our work, too, is we're, we're really non-judgmental, and I think that's really been a pillar or a hallmark of Jan over the years. You know, as I always like to say, you know, we, 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 we accept you wherever you are, and hopefully we'll take you to that better place, you know, where you have more understanding um, and you have more um, competence and confidence, really, um, around the issues of disability inclusion. And would you say that's sort of the culture of the organization? It definitely is the culture of the organization, and we've been really able to maintain that over the decades, which I think is is pretty extraordinary. We draw on um, so many we draw so many people to the job accommodation network when we have job openings, and and I think everybody is uh, is is brought in, um, engaged early, uh, trained extensively. Um, and really is socialized into that, and and especially about us being non-judgmental. Uh, we're we're not advocates. Um, we play it neutral. Um, we just want to educate and inform uh, everyone along the way um, as much as possible about disability inclusion because it works. Um, and uh, you know, I think that's I think that's awesome. Uh, who is the director of Jan? So our director is DJ Hendricks. Uh, she directs uh, the um, a local uh, 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 center here at West Virginia University. So she has the overall um, management responsibility. Uh, and then it's Ann Hirsch and myself. We're really the associate directors uh, and um, and sort of the head of of the job accommodation network here at at WVU. And is the um, is she bought into this? program is she like gun ho about Jan Yes, yes, she always has. She has a history with uh, Jan that goes the 30 years. Um, She started out early in her career at Jan. Um, At certain points, there was some divergence. Some she taught here at WVU, but has always had strong contact with, um, with the program. So, yes, she knows the program quite well and quite engaged. Oh, that is awesome. That so is we have wonderful. A great leadership team here too, and it's really composed of four. There's four of us. So we we call it the big brain, and uh, we're always thinking of ways to innovate and different ways to get information, as well as what information is needing when we needed when we trend our calls and consultations, and that includes um, 
um, Beth Loy, um, and she's our webmaster, and she does a lot of the technology. That's Linda Batiste, and she's our lawyer on staff, our, our employment lawyer, um, Ann Hirsch and myself. So all, f- all four of us tend to be the ones who brainstorm the most and looks, look at the trend over the consultations and really make decisions about um, the, the, the latest and greatest um, products and services that we, wanna, we, we believe to, that we need to push out there. Well, and I know, I know you and Ann and uh, uh, the whole organization is first class. There's no question about that. Thank um, you. Thank you very much. And, and Lou, something I didn't ask you, uh, when you're talking to some of these companies, are you seeing companies move towards a central accommodation Yes, you know, over over I'd say, I would say over the last decade, we've really seen a harmonized companies taking a harmonized approach. So that not only means centralizing their accommodation funds, um, whereby taking it out of the supervisor's uh, responsibility or bucket, and that way they don't have to worry about accommodations coming out of their specific line item budget and creating challenges for their for, for, for funding pro- future projects. Um, so the centralized budget is is one trend, but we're also seeing um, a centralized approach really to the provision of accommodations. So we're seeing you know one FTE or several FTEs being full time equipped being dedicated to triaging the accommodation requests. Um, and then they have also the not only the responsibility, but the authority to pull together a virtual team um, as needed uh, to um, find the most effective solution. So it may be uh, facilities. It may be uh, the legal department. It may be marketing and branding. Um, it may be benefits that they can pull in. So, so these people, um, we call them the disability subject matter experts, and we have a drawer specifically designed for them full of tools in our workplace accommodation toolkit that I spoke of. And it's their role then to um, make the determination, the overall determination for the organization, what's best for the employee as well well as for the organization. So yes, we see this centralized approach um, being taken in corporations, both in funding as well as the processing of accommodation requests. And we even see these days, uh, one of the latest innovations really is that we see large uh, insurance companies um, having products um, that they're willing to be your third party administrator of accommodations. So some companies are, especially large companies, are quite used to dealing with vendors, third-party administrators for long-term disability, short-term disability, and other benefits. And now they also are, um, let's say, outsourcing or farming out their accommodation requests as well. Well, that is great news. That's great news. And you know what? Before we go to our last break, if you're listening to the show and you're thinking, oh, I wish that, you know, this other business leader had heard this. You know, this is great information. You can go to send them to Spotify or Apple or other social media and just put in Disability Matters with Joyce Bender on voiceamerica.com and you can grab that podcast. Make sure you share it because this is so important because it helps get more people hired when companies understand accommodations. Hey, this is Joyce Bender, America's Voice on voiceamerica.com. Don't go away. We'll be back with Lou Orsling. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your questions. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. Since 1985, Bender Consulting Services has served as a national leader in advancing employment of people with disabilities, including veterans with disabilities, with private sector companies, and federal government agencies. 
Bender assists customers with achieving their diversity and workforce inclusion initiatives by tapping into a talent pool of individuals seeking professional positions, including those in the STEM fields. In addition, Bender services include disability employment consulting, training and technology accessibility through their high test line of service. For more information, please visit www.benderconsult.com. The Voice America Live Events Channel is here now to showcase your corporate, individual, or organization's live event. Visit voiceamerica.com forward slash live events to see all of our past live events and find out more. Whether it's a multi-day conference, special speaker, or single-day event, we've got everything to make your event a success. We can do a few hours or a few days. For more information about taking your event to the next level, call Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or email info at voiceamerica.com. Again, that's Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or send us an email to info at voiceamerica.com. Voice America is where you are and where you want to be. Join us around the globe as we broadcast live from some of the most interesting events available. Don't forget to view all our live events, including on-demand access to past events that you may have missed by visiting voiceamerica.com forward slash live events. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com You're listening to Disability Matters. If you have a question or comment, call in toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Now please welcome back the host of Disability Matters. Here's Joyce Bender. Hey, welcome back, everyone. If you just joined, we've been talking to Lou Orsline, who is the Associate Director of the Job Accommodation Network and a good person, good friend, and known nationally for all the great work that he does. Uh, and, Lou, we certainly appreciate you being with us. Thanks. Thanks for the opportunity. Really appreciate that. Of course. You know, before we end the show today, I also know you do work with one of my favorite organizations, Disability In. Um, and you know what? Like, if you're not registered for that conference next year, in July, you better get get with it because yeah, wow, right. that they had to turn people away two years in a row. Such yeah. a great national organization for companies interested in inclusion of people with disabilities. It is an awesome, awesome conference. And Lou, I think you do work with them. Is that correct? We have. We have. Um, we've worked with them for more than a decade now. Um, with uh, when Catherine McCary was uh, was managing it, and then of course John Kemp, and now um, the the ac- absolutely exponential growth under um, Jill Houghton. Um, they're just a great partner for us in supporting companies to develop inclusive accommodation policies and practices, and they also get the word out about accommodating people with disabilities. So our partnership includes the Jan Academy. Um, annually, we held a, a, a pre-conference at the annual Disability In Conference, and it features the best and emerging practices of the past year. Um, we also serve as a consultant for the Inclusion Works Project, and it's responsible. I mean, this is absolutely amazing. That Inclusion Works program that they have um, has, has gotten more than 25,000 people hired um, into uh, the corporations that are, you know, that work uh, with Inclusion Works. So I just think that's absolutely extraordinary. Um, and um, the inclusion, what's nice about Inclusion Works too, that project is that it informs a lot of our work. Um, and, in, and, and really the, the new digital accessibility drawer of resources in our accommodation toolkit, that was pretty much designed by Inclusion Works companies in meetings and conversations that we had with them. And we also provide high-level consultation to disability and members uh, for some more challenging aspects of creating inclusive workplaces. And then we're 
we're also very grateful and work with their supplier diversity program, and that helps us link disability-owned programs like yourself with Bender Consulting Services to companies looking to diversify their their supply chains. Uh, so really, over the years, it's been a hand-in-glove relation, uh, relationship, and I think um, it's been very successful for both of our organizations. Yes, I do too, and I'm glad you brought that up. You know, uh, if you're listening now, I got to tell you, if you are an entrepreneur and you own a company and you have a disability, I don't care how small the business is, you need to get in touch with disability. And I am, as Lou said, a certified disability-owned business enterprise, as is my partner and co-founder of iDisability, Andy Houghton. And, uh, you know, when you are a disability-owned business enterprise, it just opens so many doors doors for you. So if you're listening or you know someone, make sure you have them get in touch with Disability In. So, Lou, thank you again for being with us today. Um, you just provided so much great uh, information. I really appreciate it. And before I end the show today with our quote, I was devastated over a week ago when we lost Marka Bristow. Uh, Marka was a good friend of mine. Uh, she left us way too young. And she is a legend. You know what? She was. They mentioned her on the Today Show. Uh, finally, a, a true leader in the disability community from Chicago, Access Chicago, first person with a disability that was uh, the chair of the National Council on Disability. It was truly a great loss to all of us. And to those uh, that knew her personally as I did, it was, you know, just terrible. So guess what I'm doing? Next week, you're going to hear Marka on one of the prior radio shows. In honor of her, I am playing a show. Tell everyone you know. And I'm going to end today with a quote from Marka that said, the things we've been advocating are not just for a marginal group of people. They're for the society as a whole. Disability affects all of us. It's time that we normalize and accept it rather than perceive it to be at the margins of our society, said Marka. This is Joyce Bender, America's Voice, where disability matters at voiceamerica.com. Don't forget to join us next week to hear Marka Bristow on Disability Matters. Talk to you then. Voice America would like to thank you for tuning in. Please join us next Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time and 2 p.m. Eastern Time for another installment of Disability Matters right here on the Voice America Variety Channel. We are the leader in live Internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica.com. Thanks again for listening to the preceding